Welcome to the Athletes Marathon Podcast, conversations that help people maximize their full potential by helping them understand that life is more like a marathon than it is a sprint. From former athletes, personal trainers, coaches, social media influencers, and entrepreneurs, talk about their journey on and off the field and how they maximize their talents once they hung up their cleats. And here's your host, Matt Joy. Today, we're actually lucky to have an awesome guest, man, a former teammate of mine, Clark Coe. Clark's actually located out of Carteret, New Jersey. He's a co-founder of The Next Level Culture. Clark, how you doing today, man? What's up, Matt? How you been, brother? Good to see you, man. Awesome, man. Good to hear I'm, from I'm you as well. You, yes, man. I'm glad you could uh, you get on there. And, dude, Clark, if you don't mind, man, I mean, my audience, like, obviously, some of them know who you are, just my mom and family, our mom and family. Um, but yeah. I guess the people that don't know you, can you give a little background just about you um, before we get started? Yeah, yeah. So uh, my name is Clark Coe. I was born in Hoboken, New Jersey, and uh, I kind of was raised in Jersey City till I was about 10. And then I transitioned uh, in fourth grade to, uh, to Carteret, High, uh, New Jersey. I did Carteret Elementary there. I did Carteret Middle School there and Carteret High School there. Um, I, was a, I was that athlete um, slash funny kid slash, uh, I guess you'd say a leader as well. You know, I always had that independent mindset where I was like, okay, let's do this. I think this will work. I think this is cool. Um, but, you know, I, I transitioned from the Carter High School. Um, my story is pretty funny because I was the knucklehead that didn't take their grades as seriously they should have. And, uh, I, you know, I hurt myself in the long run because, you know, I didn't give myself choices, choices that I would have loved to have, you know, coming out of high school in terms of, you know, making a decision on what school I wanted to go to. Um, so my GPA was pretty low. I won't say it, but, and, you know, I was really, my GPA really wasn't where it wanted, oh, I wanted it to be. Um, you know, when coming out of high school, I just, I realized late that I wasn't, I, I didn't have enough time to make the right decisions. So I had to pretty much go to this school called Mount Ida College, which is in Newton, Massachusetts, um, which recently just dissolved into U, uh, UMass, UMass took mm. over it. Um, but, you know, it was in this little cre- this little crevice of Massachusetts. <laughs> it was in the middle of nowhere. We were surrounded by trees and forests. And, you know, my first year there, I remember I only did one year there. But the year that I was there, it felt like I did two, three years because it was such a crazy transition for me because I was, A, away from my family. B, it was something where I didn't want, but I needed it to, to move mm-hmm. on to what I needed to do. And then ultimately, I knew if I didn't do what I had to do within this year, I would be stuck. Mm-hmm. So um, I got so motivated. And I mean, that's when I really, I mean, most people would tell you that's where my transition came from adversity and, and being able to look adversity in the space and overcome it. Because I walked away with a 3.3 GPA. And I was able to transfer to Monmouth University and make a decision between Rutgers, Kane, and Monmouth for that decision. Mm-hmm. Um, I visited Rutgers. I visited Monmouth. Coach Gabe, uh, you know, took me on a visit where I met Kendall and Jose Gums, Kendall Haley and Jose Gums, mm-hmm. um, you know, and they kind of sealed the deal for me. You know, they made me feel like I was at home. You know, they definitely made me feel like, you know, when I got there, I was going to be a part of something bigger than myself. Um, so, you know, I made that transition there. And then, um, you know, I got there sat out the first year, you know, and had to, I went through a lot of growing pains in Monmouth. Um, even, even coming out of high school, I just didn't feel like I was ready and, and able to compete, ready to compete at a high level. Like some of the, you know, the athletes that went to prep schools and went to, you know, very, 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 very rigid and rigorous uh, high school programs where, you know, they're training like college programs, you know, they're, 
they're fake they're focusing on the student athletes as if they're going to college you know and, and, and no discredit to my high school but it just it wasn't like you know a, a program like that as you would say mm-hmm. um you know so i was just i felt like i was always a step behind in terms of learning defense learning the defense learning you know what a football program is fully about you know right. um, like the preparation like, and the preparation everything in between and, yeah I mean, even, and it's so funny because once I got to that level where you came in, I understood everything, but seeing how you and Darnell and everybody else transitioned compared to me, I knew that it was a a lapse somewhere, you know what I mean? Where, okay, they got it because as soon as they came in, they were ready to play. Me, I'm coming in, I need to learn what the, not what a defense is, but the scheme of it, understanding why we do the things that we were doing, Um, you know, so that, you know, took a toll on me, you know, my first two years of being there. But, you know, my last two years, you know, I really I, – I, I don't know what it was. I was just so sick of seeing myself have the ability, being put into place in the opportunity. And you know, Monmouth, you know, if you're not yeah. performing on a consistent basis at a high level, the next person is going to do it for you. So, um, you know, I had to really kind of like – my per- Yeah, mature – because I was more so like, I deserve to play. I need to play. Like, and it was like, but why? Like, what did you do? What did you bring to the table? How are you mastering your craft so that you have that opportunity or we can give you that way? Um, so one, this is the story that always gets me uh, worked up because I hate Albany so much. But <laughs> Albany, University of Albany, uh, my first career start. Uh, I did amazing in the first the first series had an almost had a pick six like it was crazy I was tweaking the next I would say the next two three drives the drive that really started it off for us and started getting our ass whooped excuse my language um there was a punt there was a punt that they there was a fake punt that they did they faked the punt the running back like he he was caught up in a mix I was probably when I rushed, I didn't realize it because he went that way and he cut back the opposite way. But I've, I was probably one of the fastest guys on the team with Mitch and, and others. Mm-hmm. I'm top five, dead or alive, easily. <laughs> and <laughs> I could not, me nor Mitch could not catch him. Like, we just, oh. he, was, he was swerving and, like, it was crazy. And he ran it for about 60-something yards and, like, took the wind out of us. From there, I was gassed. I couldn't even breathe. I had to go right back on defense. And, uh, you know, we went on offense, and but we had a three and out. So I had to go right back on defense. Had no we called the coverage, and um, I remember telling Sut, I think, I don't know if I messed it up or he messed it up, but one of us messed up the coverage. We blew the coverage, and I had three receivers screaming at me by myself. And I had the, the corner was playing down. Sut was over there, and I was by myself against three receivers screaming at me vertical. I tried to split the two down the middle, you know, and, and have the one on the left and one on the right, you know, just ready to break. And he threw it to the outside guy, and I broke probably. Dude, I'd want to say, you could ask Coach Bo or anybody else, if I was one step closer, I was at least batting it down, you know? Yeah. And I thought I was going to pick it. I probably broke probably like a, a millisecond too late, or I was just too far over to get there. <laughs> My hand literally went like this, caught the ball, scores the touchdown. Like, took one oh. out of me. Killed me, killed me, killed me, killed me, killed me. From there, oh I don't know God. what happened. You can ask anybody, like, my focus, my confidence, everything just went out the window. I could not recover from that. He, I played him again. Like, I was – I mean, you can ask Mitch. I was probably, like, our best cover guy we had as a safety. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, that could play the slot anywhere you put me at. So I would always go to the slot. I was always covering mental practices. I was always covering yep. Indian practices. Like I was that guy. So they put me in the game and we're going against the best receiver who actually, I think, played in the league for a bit. And he hit me with a, <laughs> he hit me with an out in and took it vertically. And I just remember like going to tackle him and, and causing a penalty. But he would have scored <laughs> if I didn't do that. And then after that, Cal just came over to me and was like, What's going on with you? You had the best practice all week and you're just like shit in the bed. Da-da-da-da. And I just, worst game of my life. So from there, it was like I had to pretty much sit then those next two games until I was actually given an opportunity again. And then when I got the opportunity, I balled out. But I mean, I remember that game so vividly because from then on out, I remember taking my game to another level, staying after practice, watching more film, asking Coach Kless, you know, I don't care how bad it looked, tell me what it is. You know what I mean? Like, I was so... I was so humiliated by that opportunity that I was like, I wouldn't, if I'm ever put in this position again, I will do everything in my possible power to be prepared for it. So, you know, I just, then on out, spring ball came and then that's when you guys were coming in. So I was like, well, I ain't gonna let nobody mess me up. Like, I was going against (laughs) all y'all. You remember that? I was going against you. You You got me one good time. I remember that. But I remember like everybody, I was like, everybody's getting this work because if I can, if I can cover all you guys, or at least compete with all you guys. When I get out there, it's just fun. You know what I mean? 100%. I considered you guys the best guys on the field. So, um, you know, I just mastered my craft that year. And I remember that spring ball, I took it so serious. Like, I remember Kless used to do, like, these rotations, even in spring ball, where, you know, nobody was starting. So he'd be like, mm-hmm. one day you were starting, one day you were the second team. And it was yeah. me, Sut, uh, Pat Gray, and, like, a couple other safeties, and, like, we'd end the Carroll, and we just rotated and rotated and rotated. And, you know, like after the first week, like I just didn't rotate anymore. I was the first safety throughout the whole week. And I was like, yo, you got to keep this mindset. Maybe if, even if he's rotating it, make sure it's very hard for him to put you in the second team, you know? I remember just balling spring ball. I mean, balling on my mind, spring ball. I was covering E in the slot the entire time, locking him. You can ask E. (laughs) I'm going to definitely show this to E because he knows what I'm talking about. I remember even after it, like, people came up to me, like, yeah, you, you did your thing this spring ball. Like, you earned your spot, for sure, you know. Came into the fall fall um, camp that senior year, balled out, and uh, we played Montana State. And, you know, had a great game against Montana State and just kept going and going and going. And then Lehigh was when it when it, the conversation changed from, oh, wow, you're good safety to, wow, you're making NFL plays now. Like you're, right, you're, right. you're transitioning now from like within a year's time from just getting the defense now to actually making big time plays where you're competing. Um, and I remember the Lehigh game. Well, first the Liberty game was my first start. And, uh, you know, I wound up getting the deepest player of the week that week because I led the team in tackles, tackles for losses. I tweaked. That was the biggest mm. game we ever played against. Like we haven't played on a stage bigger than that prior to, yep. prior to the seasons. Um, you know, and so I think that was really the eye opener for the coaches. Like, okay, he gets it. He's ready. You know, he can play on a stage bigger than Albany and, and, and compete and get it. You, right. you know, he got it. So Lehigh comes and like this. This is the best play in my career, all time. It should definitely be top ten in my list. <laughs> Pretty good. Um, I don't know if you remember it. We play Lehigh, and um, it's funny because I didn't even get the call right at first. Sutton calls me over, Andrew Sutton. He goes, yo, you're down, you're blitzing, you're blitzing. And I'm like, yep. I am? I and, I was like, and I was like, oh, I am blitzing. I was like, I'm on the tweet. So I remember working that week with class, and he was like, don't show your blitz. You show your blitz, you're not going to get the sack. Like, 
sit there on the third on the third receiver and do not move. Like act like you're covering him no matter what. So I sat there and for some reason I just happened to hear the taunt, like the the, um, the the cadence, and I'm like, I'm gonna jump this shit. I jumped it. <laughs> and I mean. As I jumped it, I came so perfect timing and like late enough where the running back took his eyes from that side and looked to the right, went right past the running back, smacked. I got there so fast. I fell on top of him. I was like down there and I remember um Pat O'Hara it was Pat O'Hara. He's screaming, You're still up, go, go, go. And I just yeah. got up and took off, man. You got you scored up there, right? Yeah, man. Strip sack, strip sack, strip sack, fumble recovery. Took it out of his hands as I was falling on him. Felt, pushed him off the ground because he was trying to grab my leg. Pushed him down and kept it moving for about a 60-yard mm. Um, You know, biggest play in my career easily. Um, you know, and from there, it was just smooth. Not smooth sailing, but, you know, the game just kept slowing down and slowing down and slowing. Like, I was not being denied, you know, my ability. Um, right. You know. To the, to, to the end of the season where, you know, I actually went, got all conference honors and all that stuff. Even though we were not in the conference yet, we were still, you know, given that, op- given that conference honors. Mm-hmm. Moving on, <sighs> this is the funnest part about this. So um, from there, you know, I didn't know, you know, me and Tevor and Brandon were really close. And, uh, you know, I was kind of piggybacking off of his, his, his process because, you know, he came from UConn, so he had that media status and that publicity where schools would look, um, well, teams were looking at him just because of his, you know, his story. Yeah. Um, you know, so he, I know him and Hunchak, Mike Hunchak, who's the old lineman that year, uh, who's really, really good. He went, they both went to test. So I remember saying to myself, like, if I get into test, I'm going to tear it up. Like, I'm going to tweak. I already know it. And uh, the commissioner of education, who is the commissioner of education right now for the state of New Jersey, he actually hooked me up with my first NFL agent. Mm. He, you know, he made the connection, my first NFL agent. He knew Kevin Dunn, who's the CEO of TEST. Um, so he, you know, got me into TEST, essentially. I, I came for a day and saw them, you know, all training Tev. I saw Mike and then yeah, was, so, you know, I, I did like my, uh, like, I guess you could say my preliminary uh, testings. Yeah. And my numbers were like so impressive. I don't even remember my numbers, but they, I remember they were impressive enough for the agent and Kevin to be like, yo, well, you can come work with us. Like, yeah. well, 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 whatever the cost is, like, we'll take care of it, but he, he can come in and work. Like, he's ready. So I remember training and going crazy, bro. We were going six days a week. I mean, you can ask Tev, it was so intense. And I mean, Tess has grown within the past five years to 100%. higher levels, but. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, it was so intense, and I remember just, like, just o- not overtraining, but going so hard. I'm talking about, you can ask them, like, we had practice, our first session was at 9 a.m., and I was there at 7 a.m., stretched, ready to go, warmed up, let's rock, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I was just that guy, like, I was just so, so focused, laser focused. I would be there from 7 in the morning, and I wouldn't leave till like, 5 in the afternoon. You know what I mean? Route running, take a break, take a nap, wake up, route running. Like, it was, like, I'm talking about beating the horse down to the freaking last freaking, pretty much living, uh, in going, li- living in there. I mean, yeah. you can ask them, um, you know, and two weeks before my actual NFL pro day, we were in, we were, there was this indoor facility that they still train at actually. And uh, it was really cold in there that day, but I mean, I didn't feel anything wrong. I thought I was fine. I was like, I'm good. So we were training whatever. And uh, I came, we were, I, I was doing good. It was probably towards the mid end of practice and, 
uh, Coach Tad Cornegy, who was uh, the DB coach there. He was throwing it up high. And he was like, yo, go up and get it. Keep, like, run and start. Go up and get it. So, like, I'm going I'm going up to get it, whatever the case may be. As I go up, I go up with one leg on my right leg. And then for some reason, I just – I was so worried about catching the ball. I got so high. Everybody was like, you got so high in here. Caught the ball, but I was so high. I guess I didn't realize how low I was from the ground mm-hmm. and tried to come down with one foot. And I came down with my right foot. And it literally felt like somebody was, like, threw a football at the back of my heel. And it was, like, pop. And it was so loud that it literally echoed throughout the building. And everybody was just, like, what the fuck was that noise? And I was, like, I don't even know. But as I'm walking, I'm limping. And I'm, like, not walking. Like, it's just, like, giving out. So it's just, like, and they're, like, yo, like, what's wrong with you? And I'm, like, I don't know. And I'm, like, maybe I'm cramping or something. Because it was, like, this weird it was like a burning but cramping feeling. So I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm cramping. You know, it's nothing crazy. And uh, Coach Skip and Coach Garrick, who were still there killing the game, uh, they were like, you know, what's wrong? They were like, just stretch it. And, and Skip kind of knew right away. He went to feel the back of my heel, and it was just like a missing slip there. And he's like, uh, you know, relax. Don't worry about it. When I get you to the hospital, this and that and this. So as he says hospital, I'm like freaking out. I'm like, hospital? What the fuck you mean a hospital for? That's for like, yeah, not for no grant. Like, and he's like, don't worry <laughs> about it. Like, we're going to get you there. So I remember one of the the, um, the grad assistants at the time who was, you know, doing their uh, internship there, they were like, let's just, just get him there. We'll take him to Jason, who was the twin, twin barrels physical therapist at the time. So mm-hmm. We'll take you there. We'll get, you know, we'll just make sure where you're good. So it was later in the day, like six o'clock. So I get there and I'm just like stressing. I'm freaking out. I know something's not right. And, uh, you know, I get to Jason, he's like, you know, relax, but I, I do want to let you know that you might have torn your Achilles. And I'm like, my Achilles, like, what do you mean? I don't understand. So I'll be out in two weeks, three weeks, we'll be talking. He's like, no, like, you might need surgery. Done. I was like, done. Mentally, emotionally, socially, physically. I was like, two what? weeks? Two, two weeks before my NFL pro day. Yeah. I was running four, I was running a four three seven. Four three seven, clearing it uh-huh. easily, no problems. Me and Tevin neck and neck speed wise. I mean, like, it was crazy. And I'm just like, two weeks before I'm pro, are you kidding me? Like, how could this happen to me? Da, 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 da. I mean, the one that was doing the most out of everybody gets hurt, you know what I'm saying, off of something so simple. So uh, I remember, you know, he was like, well, you know, we know the Rutgers head uh, doctor. You go there tomorrow morning, make sure it's, you know, he'll do the procedure in front of you to make sure that you know it's torn right in front of them. So he did the, you know, ultrasound, and for sure he said it was, like, gone. Like, there was no connection there whatsoever. Right. So, um, you know, I told, called Kevin, and I remember, you know, just crying. So, like, we left the office, and I cried so hard, man. Just, like, it hit me, like, like a thousand times over. My mom's in the car crying over me. I'm crying in the car. We're right outside of the uh, the, the Rucker Stadium, and I'm just, like, done. Mm. Like, I don't even want nothing to do with football. I'm done with it. I, I felt so heartbroken, betrayed, played, everything, you know? And I remember Kevin calling me and, like, literally crying on the phone with me. Like, listen, like, I never had this happen to an athlete before. Like, this is something that took us all by surprise. Where, like, everybody is, like, quiet. And, like, that whole week they were, like, I came by and they were, like, like, the mood was down. Like, it was bad. So, you know, I remember Kevin saying to me, and he said to me specifically, he was, like, you were one of the hardest working persons, if not the hardest working persons out of this group. So we want to do a favor to you, which we think will definitely benefit you in the long run. And I was like, you know, I appreciate that. But, you know, right now I don't even know what to think. And he was like, well, we, well, if you come back, we will pay for your next combine training 
flat out, no cost, no fee. We will also help you get your recovery back to 100%, no cost, no fee. We'll take care of the physical therapy, all of that. You know, and, and at the time, it was like, yeah, 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 whatever. But till this day, I never really understood what that meant. Until You know what I mean? Like, it was yeah. such a, a, a life-changing experience, you know, to be able to go back and try it all over again, you know. So that year, um, I have a whole documentary out about it. It's about four minutes called Operation Comeback. And, you know, Gare, Kevin, Skip, uh, Jason, so many other guys. Um, I can't even think of their names right now, but literally took time out of their day every single morning. I would be in there 5 o'clock in the morning, bro, <laughs> on the bike waiting for them to get in like waiting and I mean I was so hungry and determined and you 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 knew I was just a different breed because like I just wasn't being denied like everything that you asked me to do I was asking what else could I do after that you know and I got back and I got 100% again you know and I wound up running a pretty good time I don't know what I ran but my best time that I ran that year was also a 4378 something like that almost a four I call it a 438 um, and you know, I was just, I was bouncing back from, I was going this workout, going to this workout, going this workout, going this workout. And then once I did, well, before that I did my info pro day, did well, all that. Then I started to get an opportunity. I got an opportunity with, uh, um, test to do a, a private workout with the Seattle Seahawks. So I did the Seattle Seahawks workout and they were like, they loved me. Awesome. And they were going to bring me in for the rookie mini camp. It was between I was going to get picked up by the Buffalo Bills or the um, or the Seattle Seahawks. And the, the difference in that was a quarterback. They needed a quarterback. They needed to say they needed a quarterback, but they needed a quarterback more. So they actually wound up taking the quarterback, which was cool. Like I was like, you know, at least I had the opportunity to get the workout. You know, they, the, Se- the Seahawks dude came to the pro day and personally requested the workout instead of flying me out that he was already in town. He's like, yo, if you can meet me at test tomorrow, I'll work you out again. And, uh, did the workout, great workout. And, uh, you know, I was just like so excited within that week. I got a couple calls from, you know, arena teams and, uh, um, I got a team, I got two teams from uh, Europe and I was mm-hmm. like, should I go to Europe or should I stay here? You know, train, you know, play, get filmed right away and then try to, you know, go back up. So I wound up doing that and get an opportunity with the um, Cedar Rapid Titans. Okay. Nobody knows this story. Get a, get the, you know, get the, I go down there, leave that January. And as I get there, the first week, well, it was about two weeks. It was about a two week tryout. I didn't know it was a tryout. I thought I was on the team already. So I had to go there and actually try out, get to the tryout, whatever. And I'm balling first two, three days of first two, three days. Right. Well, first and foremost, let me tell you this story. This is funny. I get there and all of a sudden I see Julian Hayes walking through. And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) I kid you not. Kid you not. I'm in in Iowa. I'm in Iowa. How the fuck did he get out here? So I'm like freaking out. Like I'm saying to myself, like, yo, how did Julian Hayes get out here? And I'm like, well, they probably recruited or whatever. So, you know, he's trained, whatever. And that's a, I mean, they got some NFL caliber guys there. So, um, you know, we're all competing, whatever the case may be. The first week there, I'm killing it. I mean, Julian's doing pretty good too. I freaking mm-hmm. pull my did I pull my hand I pulled my hamstring, I think, or something like that. Uh, yeah. And that I didn't play in any of the, the, the actual like tryout games or whatever they had like a couple scrimmages so they wound up releasing me but right after that five other teams were waiting for to pick me up 
So I wound up going with the next team called the Green Bay Blizzards, where I wound up playing there for that season. Mm -hmm. I wound up coming back home, training again, get a call about a Green Bay Packers invite for for a workout. So I'm like, oh, shit, this is huge. This is my opportunity. But I get a call from my agent. He says, dude, you you just do enough. You're going to get a futures contract signed. You're going to get a futures contract without a doubt. So I'm mm. like, yo, this is my opportunity. I'm about to kill it. Get the test. I tell Kevin, like, yo, this is like, this is gonna happen. Like, we're gonna make this happen. I'm gonna get on this team and it's gonna shut every it's just gonna be uphill from here. He goes, Yo, I believe in you, this and that. We're training, going crazy. <laughs> Kid you not, probably about a week before I'm about to go out there, I tear my right Achilles. And this time around, I knew what happened already, because I knew that. And it was just a deja vu moment almost. I mm. coming around the corner. Um, I was racing. It was me, I think Iffy and and Antonio Cromartie going against each other. We were doing like real simple figure eight runs. And mm-hmm. I was coming around the bend and all I heard was pop and I felt it, heard it, looked at Skip, looked at Gary, they were like like mouth just dropped, like, no, that didn't happen. Like we know exactly what that is and we know that didn't happen again. Oh and I just, God. I just remember limping over and I was just like done. Like, I don't even think I cried that time. I was just frustrated, angry, like, knew. Oh. like done with myself. Like, what the, why, why? You know, just every time I got so close to touching that, that level of my dream, you know, even being in there, I get like this door slammed in front of my face, you know, and I'm just like done with myself. So, mm. you know, I recover from that too. You know, I test again, <laughs> brings me in Oops. again recovers me no cost at all you know well if there was it was very minimal and you know brought me back to 100 again but in that process is how I got to where I am today so Mm. I'm training and you know I'm getting myself back to 100% and I'm about 80 85% and I'm going on vacations now I'm feeling myself a little bit so my 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 business partner Smitty Rob Smith he goes Yo, like I got this app. It's called Coach Up, and it's like this crazy app where, like, yeah. pretty much I've been getting so many clients from it. Like, I'm making bread off of it. Like, you can do this while you're waiting to get picked up. You know, yeah. you train, you train other people, get paid for it. And I'm like, I don't know, man. That don't sound right. That don't sound like it's legit, you know. And uh, I just start legit like doing my research, and I'm like, wow, like people are actually getting clients off of this. Steph Curry, like, it. like this is legit. And uh, I just started going on there, and I wound up. I got like my first client, and like they left the review. After that, yeah. it was like ten clients back to back to back to back to back. They all left reviews. It was twenty clients back to back to back. They all left reviews, and then I'm talking to Smitty. I'm like, "Yeah, we should do a football clinic. You know, we are football players, mm-hmm. professionals. You know, we should give back to our town. It hasn't been done since the the last NFL guy that's been there, which was ten years prior to that." And we're like, yo, we need to do something for our town. So we do this thing, and we're like, well, we need to call it something. You know, and we're like, we came up with all types of names. It was funny. And the reason why we came up with Next Level Culture was because the culture in our town was about football. But the the culture that we grew up knowing, and and as freshmen in high school, it was more so like, um, you go to the high school game, you feel like you had a college game. You know what I mean? Like, the intensity, the, 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 the... What's the word I'm looking for? 
the love for the game was just so different. You know, the, the mm. fans that you had to atmosphere and the community atmosphere and the, yeah. oh, it was different. It was Rambler Nation and this and that and mm. that and this and and you know, going to college, you're like, that, I, I wish I had that. Well, coming in as a freshman, you're like, I wish I had that. And then your senior, mm. you don't really see that, and it's just like a little different. So, um, what was I gonna say? I lost my train of thought. Thinking about kind of talking about the, yeah, the community, next level culture, how you came up with the name, yeah. and um, you know, right. So we wanted to bring the the culture back, you know, and mm-hmm. we wanted to you know take it to the next level. So I mean, we came up with the word next level culture, but then we didn't really mean realize how much it meant to so many people in the town because there were so many kids that was like, yeah, like we wish we had this training. And then when we thought about it, we were like, we wish we had this training. We wish we had a trainer, a mentor, somebody that could just be like, yo, I've been there. You need to do it like this and not like that. Or maybe you should try it this way, not this way. And, uh, you know, we fell in love with that process. After the first camp we had, it was a great turnout. You know, we really started to get excited to, to, to do more events. So we wound up putting together in that same year, at the end of the year, a big football clinic. And we and we partnered with Starver Henderson, who was called Playmate, who has his own business called Playmaker Athletics. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. we partnered with him, and we had over 50, 60 kids come out. And between that, I would want to say, you don't quote me, but about 15 to 20 of them got actually recruited to go play college, whether it be from D1 all the way to D3. Right. And that, that, once that had happened, I was literally in the process. I was actually recruited to play in Nebraska for an arena team. And in the process of that, that like preparing for that actual camp, I was supposed to be training, getting myself ready, you know, to go out there and compete. Well, I kind of like took my focus off of that and focused all on this camp to make sure these kids, you know, had the best, you know, opportunity possible. And mm-hmm. I wound up, you know, the camp was a success, but I wound up, you know, turning down the opportunity to go out there and play because I knew I just wasn't ready to go out there and compete for a spot. And I didn't want to waste my time, go out there and be cut, you know, because you're not in shape. Um, not that you can't compete, but you're not in shape more so than anything. So I wound up just kind of telling them, you know, like, hey, like, look out for me during the season. You know, if you need me during the season, I'll, I'll, I'll you know, I'll get myself back in shape and I'll be ready. So, uh, you know, that opportunity, I think actually they reached out to me again. And I wound up just saying, you know, like, I'm just, I just wound up not training anymore. Uh, my clientele skyrocketed after that, after that camp. And, you know, at, that's when I really got full time into training. Um, and then it became uh, a reality check, you know, my financial mm-hmm. situations and finances. And, you know, my mom was holding my mom, my family was holding me down the entire time while I was, you know, training and not doing anything. So, right. yes, I had a, you know, a part time job, but it wasn't supporting me financially and, and, and independently. Um, so, you know, I had to to make that decision. Are you going to, you know, keep training for football or you're going to go out and get a job and, and, and start yeah. your own entrepreneurship or something like that, or, you know, start your own life. Yeah. You know, you can't keep chasing something that is not financially stabi- stabilizing you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I had to make that decision. And then that's what really ultimately kind of, you know, swayed me into, you know, while well, I'm making money training people now, you know, and I don't know, I'll find a job soon, you know, and I'll get an opportunity doing that. So, you know, hopefully, you know, as I build this, you know, I'll actually go into this whole time, maybe, you know, and that's when that mindset started to become like, okay, well, now you got to build the brand, you know, now you got to build next level culture, like what is next level culture? How can you make people from your football team to your great grand, it would not great, grand, but your grandmother find out about it, like what, is, like make them inquire. So, you know, we just started marketing and marketing and marketing and, you know, Instagram helped us out a lot 
you know, mm-hmm. the the the, um, the promotions came out just around then. So we started, yep. you know, we put all our money into the promotions and, you know, we our biggest thing in the beginning was collaborating with people who were established, you know, mm-hmm. making, you know, getting in the limelight of the people who were in the limelight, you know, networking with people who were five steps five steps ahead of us. We went to Cornell Keys, who's who's fully established. We went to Tess, mm-hmm. who helped us run our first camp. They were actually the guys who tested all the kids. Um, you know, we went to Darwin, who was in it two, three years before us. I went to Coach Cal, asked him, and mentored me through the whole process. Um, Coach Cal was actually, um, we went to, what Coach Cal actually, for our camp, invited the top kids from the camp to the actual uh, university, Miles University. And not many people know this because we didn't really make mm-hmm. a deal about it. But me and Darvin did a tour with all the kids from our actual camp. I think that was the moment where I was like, yo, I, this is what I want to do. You know, I not only gained co- respect from Coach Gallo and everybody, but it was also like, wow, like you're giving back what was given to you, you know, an opportunity. Um, you know, and I just was like, that's it. Like, this is what I want to do. This, and Darvin was already full time. And he kind of just like pushed me like, yo, you got this, you know, so. I just started going and going and then we started building and then I got to the mindset of, okay, well, if we're a sports performance company and we're actually trying to elevate the culture, is it the culture of football? Is it the culture of sports? So we actually Mm. transitioned from the mindset of if we're going to elevate our culture, well, let's, let's get broad with it, but let's be specific. And, you know, baseball, football, basketball, soccer is the four sports we started to attack, you know, since 2017 when we started this. And, you know, we wanted to do it meticulous. So we wanted to wait for the right times, whether it was preseason, um, whether it was, you know, right after the season or whether it was nobody's talking about the sport. Right. So every single time we did something, it was, wow, nobody's – it's so funny because every time we – we did it. Somebody was like, you know what? Thank you, man. We really appreciate you because no, it's a dying sport and nobody's talking about it. And recently I just had that with soccer. So we started with baseball because baseball was a dying sport in our town. It's, mm-hmm. it's very hard to get recreational kids to join up. Um, the travel team had, you know, disintegrated essentially. So, you know, the first thing we wanted to do was work with our town. You know, if we can build our town up, if we can build the sports and the culture back up, then when we go to the next town, we're just showing our resume of what we did for our own town. Um, yeah. And that was our mindset. So we started working with our town. We started working with the Carteret Little League. Then we started to work with the Carteret uh, Pop Warner, which is the Little League for football. Um, and then we started to, uh, you know, transition over into basketball. So we started with those three sports. And recently, we just jumped into soccer. <laughs> it's so funny because, you know, I had trained a couple of soccer players here and there, but it was never based off of, you know, are you a soccer coach? You know, like 100%. I just felt like I always felt like, okay, well, I can help you get faster in the sport. I could put you through some ladders and stuff, but I don't know exactly how to get you better in your sport. And it wasn't until I went to a speed summit um, where Lee Taft, who was like the godfather of speed, if you ever heard of him, he's like the the godfather okay. of speed. Like he, when you talk about speed, look up to Lee Taft. Um, and I had a, I had a conversation with him. And I forgot the LSU coach, but he's the LSU track coach. And okay. he's sitting there, and I have a picture of him on my, my profile. He's sitting there, and um, uh, Lee Taft's sitting there. And I'm telling them, like, this is what I want to do. I want to be a sports performance coach. I want to be the best speed coach there was in the Eastern Com- Eastern atmosphere. <laughs> and I'm, yeah. like, telling them this. And they're, like, well, listen, like, how do you train people? And I'm, like, 
no, I understand what you're saying. Like, well, she was like, well, are you training them based off of them as an athlete and the movement of their sport? Or are you just training them based off of them? Uh, you know, just off the sport and like what you think needs to be done. And I'm like, well, that's a great question. Like, how do I answer that? And he was like, well, when you watch the sport, what do you, how are you watching the sport? Are you just watching it as a fan or are you watching the movements? Are you watching how they cut? Are you watching their tendencies? Mm. Are you watching their ability to make plays? And I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm not, you know? And he's okay. like, well, change it up a bit, you know? Watch, when you're watching it, the reason why I could train a soccer player to get faster is because I'm watching the soccer movements of what it needs to do to get faster. Uh, and I'm like, wow, I didn't even think about it like that. And he's like, you know, so like switch it up a bit. Step step outside of your element and start training the athlete based off of what they need. They're based off of their weaknesses and their strengths needed to compete in that sport. So what I started doing in my situations is, okay, based off of the sport, I'm training the soccer player. I know you know. I, I know you know, like, we have, you have to have, you know, strong legs and all that stuff, but yeah. your lateral movements, your, you know, your tendency to use your right foot as opposed to your left foot, um, your ability to jump on the run and, and head the ball, all of those yep. things is what I started to study more so than just kicking the ball and just more so than just doing footwork and ladders. And that's when people started to reach out to me like, yo, I need that work. You know, because it's not just mm-hmm. going through a ladders and giving me a ball to kick. You're actually, you know, building my weaknesses, which is my left. I don't have a bad left, you know, or I have a bad time, you know, taking the ball off the pass or, you know, fighting through that traffic with the ball and controlling it. So I just started to create and focus on, you know, um, drills, movements, specific type of exercises that will enhance that sport or that movement right. for that sport you know, and kind of figure out what your weaknesses are, you know, and build up on that and then strengthen the strengthen your strengths. Um, you know, and that's how I've just really started to focus my training. And that's how it's shifted from football to basketball, to soccer, to baseball. Cause yeah. once you can train somebody based off of movement, you don't need to be their baseball coach. Cause they have one of those. You just need to train them on how to get better at hitting, how to hit, rotate their hips better and how to get their foot from, you know what I mean? Like, Get from to to be able to accelerate from like start to finish, to be able to get from first base to second base, to know when to steal, to know when to you know cut back, to be able to to backpedal, and that's all fundamentals that we do in football and and in offense. You know what I'm saying? So once you start talking about that, you can train a basketball player, you can train a soccer player, you can train a baseball player, you can train a football player, and that's all I've been doing now, you know? So when people come yeah. to me, I tell them straight up, like, even my soccer guys, they know off of that, don't pass me the ball on the ground because I'm going to look crazy. But if you give me somebody who can play soccer, I'll tell them what to do, and I will make a drill up that they've never seen before that will enhance their ability to control the ball, pass the ball, shoot the ball. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's all I focus on. So when their coaches reach out to me, they're like, well, what are you doing with them? Because they're getting better. You know what I'm saying? Like, like the drills that I'm putting them through, they're just flying through them now. And it's like because I'm building their 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 weaknesses up. You know what I mean? The, the drills that they're not be honestly, strong. Yeah. They, they, they might turning be, them into better athletes. Turn them into better athletes. If I can turn your kid into a better athlete, when you go to coach them, you're not going to be as frustrated, A, because what you're asking them to do, they can accomplish. You know what I'm saying? And then at the end of the day, you're going to send more to me because you're going to say, okay, well, this kid needs help with his left. Send him to Clark because at the end of the day, he's going to focus on the fundamentals he needs to build his left up. That's all I do. Right. You know what I'm saying? And it's built a market up for me where I have over 50, 60 clients right now, which I had to actually group up. I started with like four clients and now I have about 50, 60 clients from, yeah. 
football. Well, I have about 30, 40 from football alone. And then now we have, we're training softball girls. We just got reached out and made a contract with a softball group up of North Jersey who has softball by the grip. You know what I mean? Like he trains from the, the top curls in this country. They fly out to him and everything, you know? So we built this partnership because he's like, you know, I've seen the functional movement trainers and all this stuff, but you guys are bringing a different spin of movement and functionality with the actual speed and agility to it. Right. You're putting you're putting together workouts that create muscle endurance that create muscle hypertrophy but also create muscle stability and muscle flexibility you know what i mean right. like you're putting right. the whole nasa model the all the models together into one shot and actually making it fun for them and competitive mm -hmm. you know so that's what we've been trying to do and just build up on it and you know um recently i've been trying to get my certification which is uh this new certification it's not new but i'm trying to get it um it's called it's by the national, I got it right here. I had to write it down. It's the by CSCS. the CSCS, the yeah. National, Strength, National Strength and Conditioning Association, but it's mm -hmm. a certified strength and conditioning specialist. Um, you know, it's once you the have that. Tier, yeah, that's oh, like yeah. you can get into collegiate, you can do NFL leagues. Like, you can do tier. NFL, well, that's what. I mean, to be at the NFL level, like that's the that's like your your entry ticket. Do you have your CSS? Yeah. Because if you don't have that, you're really not talking to us about anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, to 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 be specific, it applies scientific knowledge to train athletes for the primary goal of improving athletic performance, which is exactly mm -hmm. what us trainers, especially sports trainers, are trying to do for our kids. So right. you know, that's just been my focus lately. I'm I'm very close right. to getting it. So once I get that then I could really, you know, transition into a position where I'm doing this full time and then building up my business at the same time where I could, you know, right. own my own facility within the next, you know, year or so. But, um, no, I, yeah, I so mean, dude, call, that, I said it all, dope. I said it all, 100%. I said it all I mean, in right, right People are asking yeah, questions, right. <laughs> it's so <laughs> good, though, man. That's awesome. Um, the thing, the dopest thing, I mean, okay. I think, you know, the greatest thing you just said there was your ability to, to adapt and, and, and be able to, yeah. to teach and coach different sports, right? I think that's the biggest struggle, right? With us being football yeah. guys, sometimes we close our mind thinking, oh, you just go train football players, right? I right, yeah. Perfectly. Like, each of those sports, they have their own coach. Now, you just need to right. maximize the efficiency of them as an athlete. And I think, like, if you can do that, you can transition to yourself, not just being a football coach, right? You're just a performance coach in general. And, like, the guy that I'm learning from up here in Maryland, his name's Coach Plez, and he's, like, he's, mm -hmm. he's killing it, man. He's very similar in, in terms of what you just said. And, like, he was a former – you know, athlete played at Kent State, had had league shots, but got hurt right before. Kind of same same story mm -hmm. as you almost. Um, and he's now transitioned that into him just being the best sports performance mm -hmm. coach in the area. To your point, That's he has it. lacrosse team. He's got soccer, baseball, all like all different sports, and he's a Anything, football guy. Yeah. Yep. But if when you can maximize that, to your point, right? You find out their weakness, maximize, you know, or at least get better, get them better at their weaknesses, and maximize least, their yeah. strengths. I let them identify right it, you know, because mm -hmm. half the time they can't identify their weaknesses, so they don't know what's wrong. And they always right. say to you, if you ever ever athlete, like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I don't know, like, well, maybe there's a weakness there that's just not allowing you to be efficient in that, that you know, what we're asking you to accomplish. So right. that's 
and that's half, like you said, half the time, it's just more, I think a lot of it when it comes to being a trainer is understanding your athletes, listening, you know, so many times we're trainers, so we're supposed to know the answers and know what to say, but sometimes you need to sit back, shut your mouth and listen to them because they might be telling you the answer without telling you the answer or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, it, and it puts you in a position where it's like, okay, well, he keeps saying, you know, my knee hurts or this hurts or something like that. And it may just be a modification that needs to be made, but he's telling you it, but you're not listening because you think it needs to be done this way. Or you think, well, I'm a trainer. So I know for a fact that this is the, like these are the protocols as they like, it's like, no, like you're not, he's not a robot. It's not, if, if part A goes down, part B is going to be this, like things right. happen, complications get, <laughs> I can tell you the first hand, like you can be doing everything right and still have something come back and set you back so i mean i I guess guess question for you then you know you talked about like lee tap kind of told you hey like you know how are you watching the game right so even with just that like was it just creative like your own creative that was like turning what you were watching into just drills and 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 you know stuff that you can actually do with your kids I'm going to tell you something. Like, you, know? you cannot record this. You cannot record. Well, you can record <laughs> it, but use, don't use it. <laughs> right. This, this is something that uh, my partner came up with. And I was like, yo, you, he was like, yo, you patent this. You could probably make a lot of money off this one day. And it's called Clark Architecture. <laughs> so simple, so funny, but it's just like so catchy. And it's really, I put together like a slew of drills that I might share with you on. Uh, I'll share once I like get it on like a legit file. Um, But I've created so many drills that are so creative and tap in directly into your sport specific, like your position and your sport. As if I've come up with the craziest things you've ever think of. You got, you know, I got to send you a guy. Um, He was training Antonio Brown this past season though. Like he blew up and started training Antonio Brown started doing off the wall trainings and he's like top he's he's one of those guys he focuses on movement when you see the movement you start doing it to yourself and you're like damn i see exactly what this is working this is crazy yeah, like he yeah. put those movements together and it's like i feel like even you like i know you definitely feel that skill set to be able to create a drill like if a kid comes to you right now and says y'all need to work on this this that and this you can put together a drill based off of their needs and make it competitive, make it fun, but make it also translate. And I think that's what people get lost in when it comes to training. Does your training translate to your game? Because right. if your training doesn't translate to your game, you're just out there just, I mean, well, you're getting better. Yeah. But what are you getting better for? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's like people tell me like, oh, well, how do I get better at seeing the field? You got you to gotta do seven on sevens. You got to get into a game time situation to see the field. I can tell you everything. I can show you everything on film. But guess what? When it happens at a million miles per hour on the field, you got to react, no, yeah. react. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it just goes back to the whole preparation thing. How are you preparing? How are you getting yourself focused and ready for, you know, whatever to come in, in you know, your later years or if, if it's a game week, you know, how do you prepare for it? Um, so, yeah, that's no, it's, Okay, that's definitely that's, that's, that's dope. And I mean, honestly, kind of going back on like the CSCS topic. I mean, I've I've had chats with different trainers. And, and wait, Clark, real quick, what what cert do you have right now? You have NASM. I do have the NASM with also okay. the um. So I, have, I went to a yeah, I went to no, I went to the school called Body Design University, which is like a training school out in Georgia. Um, okay. That that was a pretty cool experience. I failed the first time, and we stayed <laughs> out there overnight. It was it a happened. crazy story with that, and um, 
you know, Blue Island passing and getting Nazem and do all that, uh, you know, in the later days. But with the Nazem, I was just like, I like it. But what is it doing for me as an athlete? You know what I'm saying? How am I connecting with athletes? Like, even mm-hmm. with personal training, I feel like so many clients have reached out to me based off my physique, and they're like, well, how do you get your physique? So I can train a fitness guy because we've been through a thousand workouts. You know what I mean? I, you were, were you a Tim Reed? Or you were the yeah, now? Yeah, yeah. I was Tim. both, both. Yeah, both. Oh, okay, you have the pleasure of both, right? So, I mean, Tim, he was the master. I feel like of putting programs together. Like you came in, your program was done for the next eight weeks. You like, oh, okay, this is, and you just, you know, cut, casually, you know, upgraded your 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 sheets as you went. But mm-hmm. I love that. I love that mindset. You know what I mean? I think that's the best way to go about it. Um, I think the NASM prepares you for programming, but the CSCS prepares you to program design um, for, for multiple for, yeah, yeah. Like for everybody, yeah. you know, I think the NASM gets you ready for a personal client one-on-one, but the, the CSCS can put you in a, a group of a soccer, like one of my boys who just got the CSCS, he just got hired as a strength and conditioning specialist for a, for a college up in Illinois. I forgot the name of it, but uh, he's a soccer, strength, soccer and strength conditioning coach now, you know, mm-hmm. so that CSCS can set you up with so much bigger than just the NASM. You know, the NASM yeah. can get you into lifetime fitness or it's a, you know, the next, the next uh, 24 hours fitness center. But yeah. I mean, the difference in that is, you know, you can, I mean, I, I believe I want to say you can almost be an athletic director or a, um, what's his face? Not a general manager, but, you know, a general manager of a gym for sure. Right. It, it, it definitely opens up a lot of doors. I think with most yeah. people I talk to, I mean, um, you can, I mean, Clark, to your point, like you can still do a lot of stuff with NASM, right? I mean, if you have, oh, like, yeah, 100%, yeah. Right? If you have, the the days, I mean, I know people who just have the NASM who are doing amazing things, you know what I mean? So, right, right. I don't know, I don't discredit the NASM at all. 100%. It's more, I think, what you know and what you're able to then teach, right? Because I didn't say, like, you can learn that stuff in the field just because you have a piece thing. of paper that says CSCS on it doesn't necessarily mean that person, like, knows it all, right? Because at the end of the day, you got to be able to execute and then teach it to somebody. Exactly. I just went to a CSCS exam prep um, about a month ago. And the first thing they said to us is, yeah, we can teach you all this stuff, but if you can apply it to mm. your clients and actually yep. see a difference and, and modify when needed, all of this is just papers. It's just yeah. papers and words on the paper that has black ink on it. And realistically, there are great trainers who don't have the, the book knowledge. They don't have the terminology. They don't have the, you know, exactly what that word means, but they can tell you, okay, like, yeah, that's your quad. Yeah, they don't have the quad stuff, femoris and all that stuff, the bicep femoris <laughs> and all that stuff, but yeah, I can tell yeah. you that's your quad. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's, at the end of the day, it goes a long way. So, like, if you're looking for an athlete who's a, a top-level athlete, then maybe you want that CSCS. But if you're looking for right. somebody who's just general fitness, well, you need to give them that general fitness. You know what I mean? 100%. Um, but I definitely think the NASM is uh, – I th- And I think, honestly, and, and really the reason why NASM I'm focused on this right now, yeah. Clark, is because, like, I'm just thinking of the audience right now, right? So someone that's listening yeah. to this, it's like, oh, I, want, I want to be a trainer. Like, well, one person for me, I think if you just want to get in, in get your certification, I think NASM and ACE are probably your NASM two just ACE. very generic. Um, I believe ISA is the other one. The, the ISA is like the is online one. It's an yeah. online one, but like it can get Charles you Edwards has got that. <laughs> Charles he just got an ISA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think, I, mean, I, think I think it's very it's, it's easier to do to get the ISA, obviously. But um, I think, yeah. dude, just getting that paperwork is obviously your foot in the door. I think to your point, yeah. Clark, like 
if you want to go be a collegiate strength coach or an NFL strength coach, like you, you have yeah. to get the CS. You have to do more. Like, you have to go more. Right? Yeah. It's, it's like having it's like a degree anything, to go yeah. to. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I was about to say it's, it's like the door. But it's not like that CSCS to... is that master's degree, you know, that ma- exactly. that master's size doctorate. It's like you professionally understand and can apply that science and that, and that, that knowledge to your athletes and right. really see their their, inform- their performance improve. Um, 100%. So, I mean, yeah, but, I mean, to your point, like if you just want to be, to your point, like a lifetime equinox, like one of these changes, you don't need the yeah. CSCS per se because it is a lot more schooling. It's a lot more right. you know, educational information that you need to go grasp. Um, but if you want to be in that realm, mm-hmm. if you want to be sports performance, top of the line trainers, and you, I mean, it's definitely something that's going to help your resume, right? Yeah. And I think and like that's you said, kind of how people should see it. Something you said earlier, the NASM PES, the uh, performance, right. Enhance, performance Enhancement Specialist. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's a, I mean, that's the same exact thing. I, I, that's what I was originally looking at um, before I saw the CSCS. And I was like, but instead of getting the PES of the NASM, I'm going to just go get a whole strength and conditioning specialist, you know, certification. Um, but, I mean, for, for the audience specifically, you can do the NASM and stay within the NASM range because they have so mm-hmm. many other, you know, programs, programs available. Yep. Nutrition, I, I know they definitely have, um, yep. you know, and group training, honestly, anything. I was, yeah, I was talking to uh, another, like, another, another mentor that works at that gym that Coach Puzz does, and his name's Coach Shannon. He was basically telling me, like, honestly – like NASM in terms of a whole has done so much more for the they've personal grown, training. Like, yeah. Yeah. you know what I'm saying? Just grown, in, in terms yeah. of like, they've done a lot for the industry in general versus CS, uh, versus the NSCA, which is where the CSCS is under. Um, so mm-hmm. in that sense, like to your point, like NASM is well-respected, man, you know, and especially if oh, you're yeah. trying to just get your foot that's in a top, the door. That's the top in the area. Yeah. Yeah. When you 100%. say you got the NASM, they're like, oh, okay. You know, the NASM is definitely highly, Quick highly, question for highly you in terms of how long, because a lot of people ask me, like, Matt, like, how long did it take you to study? Like, how do you study for it? Did you do self-study? Did you, do, you know what I'm saying? Because, like, Clark, it's, it's not the easy thing. Clark, for me, I was not big on, like, I was not big on school. So, like, this was the first time where I was like, you know what? Like, I have no choice. I have to really diligently study this and at least know generically the terms and this information. Because, like, one, you want to apply it for your clients as well as pass the right. damn test. Right? Okay. So, <laughs> it's funny because I... <laughs> I got to give you the, I got to give you the generic version and then I got to give you the real deal version. So okay. the real deal okay. version of it is like, I did not study as much as I should have. Mm-hmm. I, I do. I've heard stories that, you know, if you read the book, you know, if you go, you know, try online quizzes and, yeah. you know, do as much group studying as possible that, you know, <laughs> you're in there. Doesn't right. mean a shit. Okay. You got to. <laughs> I don't even know, like, my thing is, I wish, and I'm telling you, Body Design University really helped me out because they gave me the hands-on approach and allowed me to really ask the questions to somebody. You know, like, I don't understand this question. What does this mean in the best way you can explain it? Um, You know, so I was fortunate enough to drive, fly down there to go to a school, but some others, some people may not be, you know, have that opportunity. I am not an online guy. Like, I am purposely postponing my graduate career because I cannot take online classes. I need to yeah. be in the classroom. Also in college, I also learned, um, and this is something I learned in that class, what type of learner are you? That's the first mm-hmm. thing I'm going to say. Like, are you a visual? Are you a tactile? Or, or are you auditory? You know, like, mm-hmm. do you listen to audio? Like, that you hear it, you're good. 
or do you need like do you just need you know the ebooks in the car on your way to work you're listening to you know chapter one section six you know or do you need somebody to be in the classroom showing you exactly what you need to learn or do you need to be in a classroom where it's hands-on and it's applied right then and there on the on the tactile so i learned that also um, by the way i'm gonna cut you off also, it's it's called kinesthetic too. So I mean, yeah, tactile kinesthetic. kinesthetic. Yes. Yeah, I was gonna kinesthetic say that. Learners. Kinesthetic. Yeah, no, you're fine. I just wanted to. Yeah. Yes, uh, yes, yes. I definitely. I was using kinesthetic actually before I used tactile. So <laughs> 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 were me, I was like kinesthetic. They were like, yeah, it's tactile. I'm like, oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> like bad, you, whoever you talk to. It, yeah, yeah whoever you talk to. I mean, like 100%. The, the prestigious people are like, yeah, it's kinesthetic or it's tactile. <laughs> You know what I'm trying to say. I'd be like, hands on, really. I'd be like, are you hands on or do you listen? Yep. Like, because yep. to the to the the most general public, they'll be like, what is what is kinesthetic? Yeah, hundred percent. Hundred percent. Is that kinetic energy? Like, what is that? So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like tactile, and even tactile is even worse sometimes to some people. But um, you know, but that's how you know they they you know presented to me. How do you learn? Because that mm-hmm. that goes a long way in studying and, and trying to figure out what you want to do or how you're going to get it done. Um, yeah. So I definitely think um, that's the first step, figure out what type of learner you are. Another thing that they did with us was, you know, did a personality test. Mm-hmm. You know, I think personality tests, there's so many of them out there and I don't know which ones are the best, but I, the good, good ones that you're going to probably pay a couple dollars for, um, they kind of really put it into perspective of who you are. You know, sometimes they're spot on. Sometimes they're missing a couple of, um, you know, facts. But for the most part, it kind of puts it into perspective and gives you a reality check. Okay, you aren't just the, the learner that you thought you were. You may just be a little bit more of a listener. You may just be more of a, a hands-on approach person. Or you may just be a person that just needs to hear it, you know. Right. Um, but then that kind of gives you that base understanding of who you are. You're not in denial. You're not worried about like, yep. oh, I know I learned this way. I, I, I learned this way since I was in middle school, high school. Like this is how I learned. If you can anybody change. Takes yeah. A, yeah. Anybody that takes that year off between college or in between high school and don't go to college, you learn a lot about yourself when you mm-hmm. go back to try to learn. You know what I'm saying? Because the, the way you thought you learned may have changed completely just because of the fact that you've been doing something totally different besides being in the classroom from seven to three and learning, you know what I mean? Or going to college and, and having that structure and that schedule. So once you walk away from that, when you come back, it's almost like, like for me, it was like a shell shock. I was just like, wow, this is, yeah. I failed the test. I, I failed it. <laughs> <laughs> like I studied, you mean I needed to do more? So it's like, you got to really figure out who you are when you go back to something like as serious as this, because like I said, you like you said you you walked away from it you came back you were like this is something that I, I really want i gotta take serious and be diligent about mm-hmm. otherwise it, you will fail did you fail your first time pass first time i did i look at pass i mean it i, I did the self-study clark and got the 80 for me oh, okay <laughs> got the 80, got 80 the, added, right? you know how you don't even they don't even tell you the score like you just it's passed really? like when i when i went there like literally i submitted the test i mean i submitted online um, and then they just were like, yeah, like the, the results came out. It just said you passed. It didn't even give me like the exact score number. So okay. I was just like, look, when they told me I passed, I was so, I was hyped, you know, cause I, I literally tell my buddy Malcolm, he asked me, he's like, he's working on his NASA right I now. I like, mentioned it. That makes sense. Because the first time I failed it, they told me what I got. The first, second mm-hmm. time I didn't, they didn't tell me shit. So you're right. Yeah, now that you mentioned it. But I'm like, wait, they didn't tell you? Yeah. yeah, you <laughs> yeah so, I mean, the first dude, time they was like, you got a, you got a 68. And I know what did I have? <laughs> no, I got some wild shit. 
like a 74 or something. I was like, living. Uh, I wanted to fight everybody in the bitch. She's like, okay, did you have wait? a great day. And uh, I was just like, I'm a homework to sleep for the rest of the day. Yeah, I feel that, dude. I mean, I, it took uh, me like, I think I, I studied for like five or six weeks. I, honestly, I did self-study, Clark. Okay. I was literally, where I'm sitting right now, I was literally just, I read through the chapters. After like chapter 10 though, bro, I'm, I'm going to keep it honest. Like I would just go through the chapter reviews and I just did the quizzes a mm. ton of time. Like until yeah. I mastered all the quizzes because quizzes, part yeah. of it is memorization too, right? You have to be able to remember. You have, and, to, me you have to memorize, especially the 100%. anatomy. 100%. The anatomy, like, honestly, you got to remember. You have to remember. Dude, like, a lot of the questions, a lot of the questions are, are similar on the test. Like it's, it's lined up perfectly yeah. on how they yeah, ask yeah, you on the actual test. Um, so Absolutely. for me, it was like, it's a mental game. I think it's. It I think is. it's definitely a mental game. Once you get it, because I mean, like you said, you'll you'll see it on the test and be like, "Damn, I don't want to." Like, I don't know the answer. You get it right out of the test. You're like, "Damn, I know this answer." Like, hundred percent. It's the worst. It's the worst preparing for something like this. Because like, I definitely agree with that memorization part. It's definitely something that you have to either know or you got to memorize very very right. well. And. Right. Um, you know, if you're not applying it every day, how could you memorize something like that on the fly? 100%. You know? I think so, the, the best thing while you're studying is like low key, like either using the stuff you're learning and doing it for yourself as you're in the gym or finding a couple of friends, right? Finding a couple of friends and you're like, hey, like come work out with me for the next five to six weeks so I can start applying yeah. these things and, and just saying it out loud of like, to your point, your quad yeah. femoris or your gastro or like just like kind of using these 100%. exercise science terminologies because it's going to help you um, kind of transition into that. And honestly, for me, Clark, I, I reached out to uh, this guy I know. His name is Josh Funk in my area. He started this uh, physical therapy company called Rehab to Perform. And basically, I reached mm. out to him because I had known him. Um, just had, I heard about him and what he's been doing. And he went to a local high school around here. And I just asked him, like, can I just come, like, intern and shadow your physical therapist? Because, like, Clark, you know physical therapy. Like, dude, they're, like, they're doctors, right? They go to they're school. Like for, uh, they are years. doctors. They're, yeah, they're I doctors. Think, right? I consider them doctors. If they're not, they should be. Hundred um, percent. They've they helped me it just get back. Insane. Yeah, the, the things that they're able to do in terms of getting you back to hundred percent is like amazing. The great ones, you know, go without saying. Like, without them, you would never get back to hundred percent. You know what I mean? Yes, 100%. there's doctors who can do the surgery, but doctors don't have time to be telling you the exact steps to get back to it. So, physical therapists are prominent in this world, especially in the athlete world. Like without them, we wouldn't we wouldn't be able to stay in the game as long as we do. We wouldn't be able to compete or go or find out what's wrong with us right away. You know what I mean? So hundred percent I mean literally, physical therapy. Literally I went I interned for about like eight eight weeks yeah. and like a lot of the stuff as I was studying, I was like asking questions. You know, bouncing right. ideas off these yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and mm -hmm. honestly the one I go to because like they're not specifically focused on athletes because they do general population. They do everyone pretty right. much. Um, but they a lot of them have their CSCS as well as their mm -hmm. the, as well as the doctor, so, yeah. right? So these guys yeah. like they, they knew their stuff, man. And, and I think stuff, for anyone yeah. listening, like if you're trying to get into this, trying to surround yourself with people that have the knowledge already the knowledge. that you can right. then bounce your ideas around. Because right. dude, to your point, if you're not if you're not able to sit down and study yourself and, and, and learn that way, you need to find other ways to soak in that information. Right. So there's there's I mean you, there's a hundred ways you can do it right I mean yes you can sit down here study for eight weeks and say I'm ready to go take the test or you could do that add other people into your your arsenal that maybe will help you yes. sharpen your tools and that's another way 100%. to kind of get that past you know what I'm saying it's definitely about your network and it's definitely about your your ability to to find and to research and to find 100%. the right answers um, so many times 
especially once you start to build that network and friends who are just completely passionate about training and, and fitness, the fitness life, um, they have the answer. Like, you'll just be like, hey, like, I've been studying for this. Like, I remember one time I was studying for something and Smitty actually, like, he already knew what I was talking about, but I just never ran it by him, you know? And I'm just like, right. I'm trying to study for this. I don't even remember what it was, but I remember the the occasion of him just being like, yo, like, believe it or not, you may ask me something and I may have the answer. And you, if you don't ask, you just don't know. And then it goes to my point and my favorite quote ever, you miss 100% of the shots you do not take. So if you, you know, you're in a position to at least ask the person something or, or think they might know it, but you don't open your mouth, that conversation never gets done or it never starts and yep. never finishes. Um, so to all of my people that are trying to do fitness, my number one thing is don't think you know it all. Be mm, open book. Be an open book. 100%. You know, learn as much as you can. It's like football. You can never know enough about the game. It's like baseball. You can never know enough about the It's about anything. Reading. You can never read enough books. You, yep. you know what I mean? So, you know, I mean, dude, having as much a, knowledge as you could possibly have. I mean, nobody knows it all. Every trainer that I ever speak to, I always speak to them like I'm an open book. I always speak to them as if they have more knowledge than me. Because A, yeah. it brings down that wall of, okay, he's trying to steal my stuff. Or A, he thinks he's better than me. And it, and it opens up that, like, let's just get other people better together. You know what I mean? Um, so that mindset dude, I've taken and I've learned from that. Having a growth mindset, not even just in fitness, but oh, I mean, yeah. just in, in, in life, right? Like being able to understand that you don't know everything. Right, and you I do. Literally, to your point, like I. You guys been doing this for thirty. They've been doing this for hundreds of years prior to us. We got 100%. all the answers. We we, fought, <laughs> we just did, we just did the first squat ever. Like, come on now. You know what I'm saying? Uh, like, I just, even I just even when shirt, there's actually, so I know everything. <laughs> right, even the ones where like they're coming up with some new and cool thing, or even if it's not new, it's cool and it's like different, but it's definitely been done before to some degree, some type of movement. I feel like there are so many movements out there that you could probably still learn, but it's been done before to some degree. Right. You know what I mean? Nobody has like, I mean, it's been going, fitness has been so long now that it's a lot of it's just regurgitated in different styles and different forms and different words and different terminology. And they're saying, I created it, I patented it, yep. you know? But at the end of the day, training has been around since before we were even thought of, you know, yeah. and it will be, it will be way after we're thought of. So, I yeah. mean, you can always learn. You can always, you know, pick up something. I'm on Instagram all the time. If you go to my Instagram, if you're a trainer, you should have in your saves at least thousands of videos from other people. I have thousands of your videos. I have thousands. I mean, I don't care who you are. I don't yeah. care what level of training you're doing. If it makes sense to me and my clients and my type of training, I'm saving it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And even if sometimes it's not how I train, I still save it because if I show somebody else and they see something out of it, then I can, you know, we can come, you know, come together and, and put something totally different together. So right. I always save videos. I always, I mean, I'm going to start doing this with you more too. Like if I see a video, I'm going to share it with you, you know? Because, 100% do that. You know, this that's networking a and b it's also helping others you know see that there's so much more out there especially if you haven't seen it yet you know where it could be effective or say your client is struggling with this and i send it to you you're like damn that's exactly what i can do to help you yep. get better boom now you just you know found that remedy without having to research and and, and google scholar things you know what i mean so um you know, and so many tricks of the trades and stuff like yeah. that 
And I think like it's so, social media just in general, like it's, it's pros and cons in that sense. I guess we could try yeah. and change this question in regarding social, but um, <laughs> your point, it becomes something like Clark, you just said like, it could, it can be very copycat in the sense of like, yo, yes. you're right. Save that you could just replicate it and then do it. Cause I think a lot of trainers, some trainers don't want to put all their stuff out there cause they don't want everyone copying their stuff. Right. But at the end of the day, right. you can see something, but just cause you can see it doesn't mean that you're going to execute it perfectly that you don't know perfectly, what is right. Work, right. So right. I think it's something of like, all right, you could save a video and then do that, but then really to be able to understand, all right, well, why are they doing that? Right. And then put your own right. twist. Right. I think that's what it comes down to. You said it earlier, yes. like understanding your athlete and what their weaknesses and strengths are. And then maybe right. hearing and applying it. Yes, 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 yes. So let me, let me take a step back because I get what you're saying with that. Now, just because I'm saving the videos doesn't mean that, you know, that is perfectly effective. Like you said, right. now you need to do your research and make sure that the, the workouts that they're doing really pertains to your, your clients and it actually effectively enhances their abilities or elevates their game. Um, but with that being said, you know, you put your own twist to it. You put your own style of creativity to it. Because sometimes they're just, one thing I did in the beginning of my training was I posted all my videos. Well, not, I wasn't posting, you know, every single exercise that I was doing, but I was making clips of my workouts. So things mm -hmm. that I was doing and, you know, I started to notice it in other people's videos. And I'm, like I said, training's been around a thousand years, so they could have found it from God knows who, but when you just yeah. start your fitness journey and I start seeing a lot of replica stuff saying that this is my training and this is how I do things, then I have to pay attention to these. I was say, okay, well now Clark, you're, you're giving too much. You know what I mean? And well, you know how we say you're doing too much. So um, <laughs> I had to, I had to scale it back. You know, I stopped posting on my personal page as much on my fitness clients. I stopped posting the workouts that I was coming up with, you know, sitting sitting down and like oh i think this could be really good you know i stopped getting stopped putting my creativity on social media because like you said people can become copycats but if you also notice the people who do still do it have the top clients so like to credit um you know some receivers that we may follow route god route receiver factory all these places yeah. uh one guy that i really follow for in terms of handwork and um, defensive linemen that i work with uh bt jordan coach bt jordan i don't know if you ever followed him he trains pretty much all of the top defensive linemen in the country i've seen him train from the the, the recent draft class he probably trained the top 10 d linemen in this last draft class <laughs> and he's been training you know the top of the game since you know and he always is posting his workouts he'll post different different film different footage and you know i was looking at the comments one day and he was like one person was like you know well why do you keep posting all your like we're just gonna keep like why do we need to go to you if you're just posting all your information up on your social media and he was like well you can you can take all of my film all of my stuff but if you're not getting here and seeing it firsthand and seeing how we're actually executing it you may be doing it completely wrong or it may not ever be as effective as it yep. is in real life so when he said that to me i was like wow like he is so confident in what he brings to the table that even if he shares it it's still not replicable like you know what i mean like it's still you still won't get you still won't get the same out of it as being with him and yep. that's that's my mindset for moving forward you know 
don't be selfish because at the end of the day, what you bring to the table should be so different from everybody else that you can post it and it still won't be replicated. It still won't be copycatted and it still won't put you, it won't be detrimental to your career or your training. Um, you know, so that's, that's really who I've been trying to con- con- conform myself to in terms of an identity when it comes to being a trainer, because so many times I feel like trainers don't have an identity. You know, like what, what is different about you? that brings you to the table as a top trainer. Right. Do you, do, everybody does speed and agility. Everybody does functional, you know what I mean? Like, but what spin do you bring to the table? Do you put a little bit more emphasis on your sessions? Do you, do you stay with them after if you need to and make sure they get the recovery? Do you, are you sending them clips throughout the day, making sure that they're really becoming a student of the game? Are, mm. you, are you quizzing them when you see them? Are you giving them homework? Are, you know, are you checking up on them, asking them how their test going? You know, are you really becoming a mentor and an influencer in their life to the point where not only they trust you, but they can confide in you when they feel like they just don't got it or they feel like yeah. they need more, you know? And, and that level of trust that you build in your athletes not only takes them to the next level, but it also builds their confidence and network because they see, okay, I built this connection with this person. If I build another connection, uh, am I dying? I'm dying. <laughs> My screen is about to start dying on me. One second. It's all right. It's all right. My headphones, definitely. I know. I already had to take mine out. But... That's the one thing I said to let these headphones. I just brought my other headphones. Okay, but why is my screen not doing that anymore? Wait, the phone's on still or no? Yeah, I don't know why the screen started video. Oh, here we go. Yeah, but anyways. Um, yeah, so, you know, just... <sighs> Wait, what was that account again? The D-Lyman account? Um... Let me make sure I got it right. It's BT Jordan, I want to say. BT Jordan. Okay. I mean, and Clark, I know you got you to slide in a little bit. So, I mean, what kind of uh, – I want to say there's one thing I want to ask you. Just, yeah, what else you got? Yeah, um, it's just Coach some, BT Jordan, sorry. What is it? Coach BT Jordan is his name. Coach BT Jordan. Okay, sweet, sweet. sweet. I'll, look, I'll look him up. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'll look, I'll, I'll look it up. Um, just in regards Perfect. to you – know, you talked about social a little earlier, like – like, what are your thoughts on just social media in terms of leveraging, you know, I know we're, we're kind of chatting about it now, but like leveraging content. I know you're saying that um, early on you were posting a lot of your stuff, but now it's kind of slowed down in the sense that you don't want to put all your stuff out there. But now you're trying to hop on that wave of like, you know what, I'm confident in what I do and what I know that I'm just going to be like, you know what, I'm just going to provide so much value to my followers um, that it's just like, I'm just going to post. You know what I'm saying? So I guess what are your thoughts on that? And also – So hey, what I've started to – Okay. Like, how, what, did you, what were the positive benefits you saw in terms of Instagram ads, Facebook ads to leverage your business? Okay, so to answer that question, um, I think the promotions at least got more people to view than like us who we are, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, I lost my uh, headphones, so we're done with that. <laughs> there you um, go. I think... Um, the Instagram ads and stuff, I, I, I haven't really seen any groundbreaking results from Instagram and Facebook. So I wouldn't be able to tell you like, okay, I got 25 clients from, from right, Instagram. Right, right. But I have gotten inquiries based off of, you know, Instagram because they didn't find me through Coach Up, but they're emailing, you know, my business account and saying, hey, you know, we saw you guys uh, online and, you know, we want to inquire about training. So I can't really say yet if that's actually been our go-to 
or how mm-hmm. we promote or how we're actually getting more, you know, people to understand, well, to know who we are. But um, I think with the content we're putting out with different sports, it's starting to create a different algorithm for our our business because it's not only just now tapping into football people, but now soccer clients are starting to follow us. Baseball guys are starting to follow us. Basketball guys are starting to follow us. And football guys are starting to follow us. But what I was saying in terms of our, our content and what we're putting out, I've always put together these, um, and this is something that I've just, I've just adapted myself into, but I started to put together these like little um, highlight clips of me training my clients. And if you go on my page, you see multiple different, um, videos different songs and i i I started to eventually get really good at the videos where i started to like time the music up based off of the workouts and the exercises so it looks like when you're hearing it and listening to it it actually seems like oh this is dope like this is actually like a music video almost um and i mean i think that has like changed the way I get clients you know i definitely attest to all of my clients to the way i marketed um I'm not, I stopped posting up like the exact workout or the exercise of the actual movement and giving you clips of it. So it may look like you, it's, you're seeing this, but it may be two clips in between this of you meet two different exercises that you're looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Yeah, so yeah. just, um, just to finish it up on, on that, you know, try to find your knack in terms of marketing and yep. really figure out what works for you. You know, um, our guy, our brother, Hakeem Vallis, he has yep. taken yep. the social media game by storm. You know, he has found his knack for, you know, having his tweets in the picture with the, with his content. You know what I mean? And it's just this, this style, you know, the uniqueness is going to attract people. You know, find something that's really your style that nobody can say okay well you got that for me like you know find your niche and make it yours kill it i mean master your craft like when we were playing football we were trying to master our craft we were staying after to catch as many balls as possible we would run as many routes as possible this is the same thing you know when you're trying to market find what market the way the way you market and then market the best way possible when you find it you know if it's social media, whether you're on Instagram making posts that are, you know, the visuals attract your audience and then the content gets to them. If that's how you do it, then do that. You know, if you're the type of person that's a in-person, you like to go, not a door-to-door thing, but, you know, you go to gyms and you, and you market, you know, okay, I have my personal training services online or I have this podcast. You know, how do you podcast? That's what I also want to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are a genius for starting it now, you know. Um, podcast is like the number one business booming, soaring thing you can do right now because not only does it get your content out there, it gets other people's content out there, which ultimately they share it, you know, and their followers get back to you, and you just keep building and building and building. Something that Hakeem told me right away was like, yo, like you got to create a platform. Once you create the platform, you need to, to build the brand around the platform. You know, at the end of the day, so many people out here want to be this person or be this person and, and, and go viral. And it's like, you know, just be yourself, find your passion and exploit it. 
I'm talking about however you got to. If you're an actor, you need to start posting skits of you acting. Like whatever it takes for you to master your craft and get better at it, for you to get noticed or for somebody to take you seriously and say you're a professional at what you do, you have to master your craft. You have to take it seriously. Um, and this is the same thing, you know. So yeah, you can go out and pay for a marketer, but find out how you're going to get your your guys in the in the building. You know what I mean? Like because at the end of the day, if you have a passion for something, the level of creativity should be there with it. I feel like. And, I'm, and even if it's not there right then and there, it should be something that you're willing to go seek and get better at. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's no way you have a dream, but you have no skill set with that dream. You know what I mean? Like, there, there has to be something that gives you that passion. You know, yeah. when somebody wants to be a dancer, well, they were dancers since they came out the womb. They, they, you put music on when they were one and they were dancing. They, there was an origin story behind it. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, you're a receiver, but you always played backyard football. You, you're a trainer, but you played sports when you were in high school. You know what yeah. I mean? So there's always a backstory as to why or how you got to where you're at. But then you have to master that craft when you're there. You know, you like you said, you're doing football. And if you jump to fitness or if you jump to other um, avenues, are you just going to be a football, focusing on football, watching football games? No. You're going to have to start studying the baseball games. You're going to have to yep. soccer games. You're going to have to study their game in order to enhance their skill set. Um, so like with anything, you know, marketing, I did, I did a marketing classes on one, you know, just getting different business marketing tools. You know, there's so many different ways you can market and there's so many ways that you can really get yourself out there by marketing or networking to market. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I'm the first person to tell you I'm trying to collaborate before I'm trying to, you know, step over your toes. Hundred percent, dog. Collaboration. I'd learn from you. Yeah, I'd rather learn from you than try to battle you and and, and go tit for tat. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, enemy of my enemy is my friend. <laughs> so at the end of the day, if you know our end goal is to to build our businesses, well, let's do it together. Yeah. We're not hurting. We're not hurting ourselves by you know growing from one another. My friend Savon Huggins, who just built his uh, his platform called Dude, Dude. yeah, you heard I of mean, him? I do. Keem Keem got me on board with him. I've been following his stuff. I mean, did he's someone yeah. that like Clark? If I could get him on an interview here, would be awesome. You know what I'm saying? Like that's someone I, would, we can have that. We can make that happen look. without a doubt. But see that that again is based off of networking. You know what yep. I'm saying? I feel as though like me, Keem, Sivan, all these people recently connected based off of our visions and our goals. Keem was doing something like this. I'm sure Keem had to follow us based off of me following him because I've connected with Sivan. Yeah. Um, and Danny Agaman, if you remember Danny. I know you remember Danny. Come on. How could you forget Danny? Danny yo, he, used to tell me about Savon. So this is a funny backstory. Danny used to be like, yo, there's this dude named Savon Huggins. I'm better than him. Like it was <laughs> it was this whole like <laughs> I kid you not, bro. It was probably one of the funniest stories, like like high school regrets I've ever heard of. Like, cause he used to like, yeah, I was better than my high school. It's no way. He got gate like Savon Huggins was Gatorade player of the year, his high school, his senior year, he was the best player of the game. He, uh, in, in New Jersey. So he was like, always come better than him. And I used to always be like, yeah, I don't know who this guy is, but I'm sure he's better than you, Danny. Like, we used to always <laughs> just talk shit. Like, so, uh, you know, one day, my, uh, one of my guys, so I was working with, uh, he's still, we're still good people, seeing Jose Perez. He's also a trainer. Um, he was a, a trainer at Brailler. He's like, yo, I want to connect you with this guy. His name's Savon Huggins. He's, you know, he's just starting up. He went to Rutgers, played at Rutgers and all that stuff. And he's just starting his business up too. And I want to connect you guys. So I'm like, okay, like, and like, 
the name popped up again. I was like, yo, that's that nigga Danny was talking about. I know that that dude that Danny was talking about. So I met him, whatever, and we just connected. Boom, hit, hit, hit it off right from there. We got really cool and really close. And like from here on, from since then on, he's been sending me clients. I've been sending him clients. Like it's really that mutual understanding of we just want to get kids better. You know, yeah. they obviously there's some level of um, business competition because he does the same thing I do. But in terms of like, yes, your clients, that's my clients. We have that understanding. And when a client's closer to you, I'm going to send them to you rather than put, bringing them to me because right. it's just, you know, everybody yeah, needs. Yeah. It's more than enough clients to go around to go around. So, um, you know, that's something I definitely want to connect you with. And I think he um, is doing the podcast and blowing it up out of proportion too. So I'm very honored to be your first, uh, you know, um, guest, <laughs> as you would say. But I definitely think the podcast is something that is not only going to tell your story, but get other people's story told. And it's really going to, your listeners are going to grow from it. You know, I think you're doing a great thing. Um, you've built Athletes Marathon beyond my imagination and probably yours in a short period of time, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's only the beginning. That's the best part about it, you know? You're, you have the greatest mentors, or not even mentors, a circle around you that is willing to help you grow, but also learning on their in their own times and, you know, getting better as they can. So I say let's just keep running it up, uh, keep going, keep doing your thing. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And you all day. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Athletes Marathon podcast. We want to make sure you stay connected with our guests so we'll have access to the show notes and our latest episodes on our website. Head over to www.theathletesmarathon.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, we would love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Until next week, thanks again for listening.